Almighty God, we have heard from your word wonderful words about your great salvation. Please give us open ears and believing hearts with which to trust Jesus alone to save us from our sins. Amen. Please be seated. Well, Christians are a funny breed. And American Christians are an even funnier breed because we seem to be some of the only Christians in the world who try to convince people about things by using bumper stickers. <clears throat> now granted, I have not been to every country, but while I was over in Ireland, and when, even when I took some time to visit England and Germany, I did not see any bumper stickers. Yet so many Americans seem to think that they can change people's minds with just a little sticker on the bumper of their car. Back in the 80s and 90s, some Christians put bumper stickers on their car that said, Jesus is the answer. <clears throat> but I'll tell you what, many times non-Christians really do outthink us. And it didn't take long after Christians were driving around with their Jesus is the answer bumper stickers for some intelligent non-Christians to respond with bumper stickers that asked the question, if Jesus is the answer, what's the question? If Jesus is the answer, what is the question? In our gospel reading for today, we are reunited with some familiar faces. We have already met Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. In that story, the two sisters had invited Jesus into their home to share a meal with him. And Martha had been busy preparing the meal while Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet listening to his teaching. And that made Martha upset. <clears throat> and she complained to Jesus that Mary was not pulling her weight by helping out in the kitchen. But Jesus said to her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. In other words, Jesus was saying that Mary had made the right choice to sit and to listen to Jesus' teaching. But our gospel reading today tells us that we know Mary from another story as well. John, the author of this gospel, tells us that Mary is the one who anointed Jesus with perfume and then wiped his hair, wiped his feet with her hair. In the next chapter, after our reading today, in John chapter 12, we learn that about a week before Passover, Jesus returned to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house in Bethany, and they were again serving a meal for Jesus and his disciples. And while everyone was reclining around the table for dinner, Mary took a pound of expensive perfume and anointed Jesus' feet with it and then wiped his feet with her hair. Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would betray Jesus, pretended to be offended that this expensive perfume had been wasted on Jesus' feet instead of sold so that the money could be given to the poor. 
But Jesus rebuked Judas and told him to leave Mary alone. Jesus said that Mary should keep the perfume for Jesus' own burial. Because they would always have the poor with them to take care of. But they would not always have Jesus. In our story, in John chapter 11, this same Mary and Martha were worried and anxious because their brother Lazarus was sick. Unlike Mary and Martha, we haven't met Lazarus before. But Jesus had met Lazarus because Mary and Martha described Lazarus as the one whom Jesus loved. And they sent a message to Jesus and urged him to come quickly to their town of Bethany because Jesus, the one whom you love, is ill. Surely Mary and Martha had heard how Jesus had healed other people who were as sick as Lazarus was, and how Jesus healed the person by simply saying to the messenger who had come to him, Go, your faith in me has made your loved one well. So of course Jesus could do the same thing in this situation, right? Well, in John chapter 11, Jesus learns about Lazarus' illness, and his answer is, Let's go to Judea again. Now, in the previous chapter, uh, Jesus and his disciples had been in Jerusalem for the Feast of Dedication. And after the feast, Jesus and his disciples had walked uh, more than 20 miles to the Jordan River, where John the Baptizer had been baptizing. So apparently, Jesus was somewhere near the Jordan when they received this message from Mary and and Martha about Lazarus. Now, Bethany, the town where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were, was almost halfway between Jerusalem and where Jesus was. Jesus told his disciples that he wanted to go to Judea. And to go to Judea meant that Jesus would have to go past Bethany and past Jerusalem in the opposite direction. So not only did he want to go a long way past Bethany where Lazarus was, but his disciples pointed out to Jesus uh, that the Jews were trying to, wanting to stone Jesus to death in Judea. And they were confused about why Jesus would want to go to a place where he was in danger of death. But John doesn't even tell us that Jesus and his disciples had made it to Judea when Jesus told his disciples that Lazarus had fallen asleep. Well, that's good news, isn't it, Jesus? I mean, if he's asleep, then he'll get better. We can almost hear Jesus say what he has said on other occasions. O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. So Jesus tells his dense disciples what he really means is that Lazarus is dead. So Jesus said to his disciples, For your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him, to Lazarus. The point of Jesus wanting to postpone going to Bethany was so that Lazarus would die. So Jesus And his disciples went to Bethany and found that Lazarus had been dead for four days. By that time, a long funeral ceremony was taking place. 
the, the Jews had come to Mary and Mary and Martha's house. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus was not worried. He said to Martha, your brother will rise again. And Mary, I'm sorry, Martha thought she knew what Jesus meant. She said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. After all, Martha was a good Jew. She knew her catechism. And she knew that on the last day, God would raise everyone from the dead, the righteous to eternal life and the unrighteous to eternal death. But Jesus understands more than Martha. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Well, Martha believed, and she ran back to the house to get Mary. And when Mary got up and hurried out to where Jesus was, the Jews who were with them at their house thought that Mary was going to the tomb to mourn there. But when Mary comes to Jesus, she repeats what Martha had said, Lord, if you had just been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus asked where Lazarus had been laid, and they said to him, Lord, come and see. When Jesus saw Lazarus lying dead in the tomb for four days, he wept. Jesus really did love Lazarus. He deeply cared about Lazarus. In fact, John tells us at the beginning of this story that Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus. In fact, John says that Jesus was greatly disturbed when he came to the tomb. In the Greek, John is saying that Jesus threw himself into inner turmoil or became greatly agitated. Jesus told them to roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb. And Mary was worried that the stench of death would be overpowering since Lazarus had been in there for four days. But Jesus, the Lord of glory, Jesus who is the resurrection and the life, stood in the face of death in the doorway of that tomb and commanded Lazarus to come out of death and into life. Merely by the word of his power, Jesus spoke Lazarus back into life. And many of the Jews who were at the funeral ceremony put their trust in Jesus. So if Jesus is the answer, what is the question? If the question is, how do I have my best life now? Then perhaps... The answer is that you need a life coach, but you probably don't need Jesus. If the question is, how can I feel better about myself, then perhaps the answer is that you need a therapist, but you probably don't need Jesus. If the question is, how can I be a better person, then perhaps the answer is that you need 
a moralist, or a cheerleader, or a trainer. But you probably don't need Jesus. There are many people in our story this morning who we can identify with. There are Mary and Martha and Lazarus. There's Jesus and his disciples. And there are even the Jews who come to mourn with Mary and Martha. But what if the person who we are supposed to identify with in this story is Lazarus? What if the problem is not that we are sick or that we need some cleaning up or that we just have some bad habits? What if the problem is that thanks to Adam's sin, we are all born spiritually dead? What if we are born in a spiritual condition that is just like Lazarus in that tomb? If that's the case, then the question is, how can we be brought to life from the dead? How can we go from spiritual death in which we are completely and utterly helpless to save ourselves to spiritual life in which we are free to trust God to save us from our sins and free to obey God out of gratitude rather than out of fear of punishment or hope of reward? If the question is how we can be made alive from being spiritually dead, then Jesus really is the only answer. Amen.